0: Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations Podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. Oh man, what what an honor it is to sit in your presence again, Brother. to gaze upon your naked face. That, that,
1: yes, well. It's uh, important that I
0: say face. I, I did
1: shave, yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely, I did. I knew you would say something. Yes. Yes. Um, but I, a number of people said that when I came back Sunday, I was clean shaven. I I shaved at the beginning of my sabbatical. And one of the reasons was because, um, we were in Florida for a couple of weeks. And so I was at the beach and just sandy beards just, I, I, that, that was not appealing. It's just a natural exfoliating thing. It is. So, yeah. <laughs> so I came back, I did come back clean shaven yeah, and, that's uh, nice. and I just, just, just shout out to everyone in the church who greeted me and said, I looked younger. I just want to say you're my favorite. <laughs> but um, numbers, but you look so much younger. I was like, "Well, that's why I grew wow, a beard." Wow, you
0: really needed that sabbatical.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look so refreshed. No, I'm clean shaven, and uh, uh. I don't have a long gray beard and, and look decrepit. But uh, yeah. So.
0: Oh my gosh, that is. But funny. you still have yours. I, I do. It's it's shorter than it was, but it's longer than my wife would prefer.
1: Shorter than? oh, so Okay.
0: She's saying she that I need to trim it. She likes it when it's just a little scruffy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It, it's gotten to that point where I look like maybe I could pass for like a outdoorsman or yeah, something so like that. Yes, you no doubt. I, a lumberjack. I, don't I know. could see that. I saw a guy Sunday that I've never seen before in my life, but he had the most amazing beard I've ever seen. Oh, is that right? It was. It, it just. I don't know it 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 leaked nobility you. nobility yes. yeah
1: nobility dignity
0: yes dignity it was it was great anyways i felt well, like i need to share that with uh, yeah, you yeah thank you my, my beard on. didn't
1: return but i did, you did. so uh, well, thank it's you great for, to be with you man yeah, i missed yeah, you, you. Too.
0: thank you for uh, for coming back and thank you <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we miss you. And, uh, the podcast was just never the same and I would never
1: tell the other guys this. Well, they don't listen to this, so they won't know. Good. Exactly.
0: So I can, I can say anything I want about no. them.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for doing it. And I, I know there's a few, you took some weeks off, I guess in July or whatever, but yeah. uh, thanks for doing it May and June. And, Absolutely. uh, I'm glad the guys got to all jump in and participate mm-hmm. and, and you were, you're the constant among us all. So, um, thanks for, thanks for doing it and looking forward to, Doing it some more. Yeah, many more. Well, this is, it's cool. This is
0: episode 33. So it's been, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. It's been about a year since we started it. Yeah uh, or coming up on a year anyway. So it's pretty cool. But well, I thought before we jump into the questions from, uh, Sunday, would you, uh, just kind of fill us in on anything
1: from your spaticle? Is there anything you want to talk about? Well, you know, I probably going to leak some over the whole year. I hope, I hope I got a, you know, got uh, a trickle charge and got refilled a little bit and can uh, sort of let some kind of, uh, like I said, just come out over the, uh, over the, over the year. Um, But I, a big, you know, certainly a a big part of it was what I talked about Sunday was just kind of slowing my own, um... As I slowed down, just sort of slowing my own heart down. And uh, so that was really significant for me. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I know it's an unusual opportunity, and I I don't take it for granted. I'm very, very thankful to the Lord and to the church and to the pastoral team for, um, you know, taking initiative with all that. I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But I I think um, it it was good. I was able to—and I will talk some about this—but I was able to— I traveled some. So Ginger and I were away. Uh, I was away once by myself for a personal retreat, but then we were away a few times, um, you know, maybe half the time and then half the time we were here in uh, Frisco. Um, And so it was great just traveling with her. We had a wonderful time together and we were, it was just an absolute joy. And then um, probably the highlight of the whole time was towards the end when we went to the UK. So we were in England for three weeks and Mm Um, I'll definitely will probably be talking about some of this over the course of the next year. The highlight of the three weeks it was all wonderful, uh, but the highlight of the three weeks probably was that we spent a week at Oxford, and yeah. so um, was just able to participate in what they call summer school. But it, it felt like um, it felt more or less like a conference, you yeah. know, a week long conference. So it yeah. was a week, but. Uh, And it was at the Oxford, the people sponsored, is called the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics. And so it was just wonderful to be sort of in a different environment, a historic, very historic environment. Oxford's an incredible place. Uh, But just to be learning from folks that I just don't normally learn from. Most of the professors, they were all evangelical, Um, obviously they're teaching about defending the gospel, Mm -hmm. so um, they're all evangelical, uh, and they were, uh, most of the teachers, I would say, were Anglican that we had, Uh, so it was great just sort of learning from folks in a different tradition and uh, who were teaching the same Bible and heralding the same gospel. That was really, really good, but we we were able to learn from some um, some of them, I would say, probably world-class kind of teachers, but uh, they were humble and winsome and compelling, and some it, it gave the content of what they taught gave great hope, oh, and, cool. and just in terms of the power of the gospel, the truthfulness of the gospel and the word, but also just they we heard so many stories from people all over the world and how the gospel was um, making a difference and bearing fruit. We heard yeah. from somebody from China and somebody from the Middle East, and. Uh, somebody from uh, the island of Cyprus and just different pl- parts of the planet than uh, plenty from the UK who mm. were communicating what the Lord was doing. And it was very hopeful, not just the gospel is true, but it's actually bearing fruit. And here's what we're seeing happen yeah. is a lot about going on to college campuses. So when we go into the the group there goes on to college campuses, communicates gospel, where they're seeing the issues that students are raising on college campuses and how they're seeking to listen and understand and then respond with truth was very, very encouraging to hear Mm. how they're on their own, how they're on that campus in Oxford. But really, they heard stories about going on to the Berkeley campus and what was happening there where they were communicating the gospel and people were really listening and they had stories of uh, loving people. And, you know, uh, like I said, there's a lot of emphasis on being a good listener. One of the things we really heard a lot about was behind every question is a questioner and you need yeah. to know the questioner and yeah. what, what's their story why is that question important to them you know yeah yeah so I I could talk a lot about it but that was a real thrill just to learn there and yeah. uh and to be in the we stayed on you know in a dorm in the campus and oh, uh, cool. and just ate at a uh you know the, the, where they eat the, it's it's a room that it was the it was nothing like a college cafeteria in the U.S. it was like like we're is a scene out of Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, It actually was. I mean, they filmed a lot of that at Oxford, but, uh, so you're, you're eating in that kind of a lunchroom kind of situation. So it was cool. It was a, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun and, uh, a lot of pubs. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. A lot of old pubs we ate at. So there's a lot of good food, a lot of good food. That's awesome. That's great, man.
0: Well, I'm glad you guys got to get away and get to take part in, uh, so it sounds like a really cool week. Yeah, it really uh, was. So. It was I, good. I mean, that's great.
1: Yeah, I did a lot of reading. I let a, read a lot about, uh, where I'll address one of the questions here today, but... Um uh, I read a lot about, um, sort of, uh, I did read about silence, solitude, prayer, uh, mm-hmm. and did a lot of that in journaling. And yeah. so a lot of devotional stuff I read, which was encouraging. And then I read a lot kind of on, um, cultural apologetics. What are the, what are the many of the issues that are rising to the, to the, uh, to the fore for people today yeah. and how, um, how, what has the Bible addressed those issues yeah. and how can we, uh. You know, how can we uh, anticipate and address mm-hmm. questions that uh, that folks have? And how can we really engage? Rela- it's all about relationship ultimately, yeah. right? But how yeah. can we engage relationship with people who don't know the Lord and yeah. uh, uh, seek to have the kind of relationships and friendships where we can talk openly and ask questions and respect one another's view? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we certainly want to respect others and the view they held. Um, but we also want to communicate the truth of the gospel. And as the gospel right. is communicated, it has the power to convert. Yeah, so, uh, right. anyway,
0: well, I'm excited to hear more about it over the, Thanks, the next coming months we'll of do it. just everything that's, uh, that was able, I don't know, just everything that you research, everything yeah. you read, just, I'm excited to, to hear it come out in your preaching and our conversations of the next couple oh, months. It's going to be a good Jared. time. So, but it's definitely good to have you back. Thanks, and, buddy. uh, Yeah, well, thankful to have you here. Thankful that you took the time out of your evening to uh, do another podcast. So here we go. Let's go ahead and jump into these questions. As a reminder to you guys, questions uh, regarding the the sermon, feel free to text them in to 469-573-2920. It's all anonymous, and we endeavor to answer those questions here. Uh, We got a couple really good ones here, so let's go ahead and start with this first one. Here it is. Could you give more examples of what it looks like to, be, to uh, be presumptuous? I sense this is true of me in areas of my life, but I don't fully grasp what it looks like practically.
1: Yeah, well, let me start by just, that's a really good question. And uh, uh, rather than give a lot of specific, okay, this is presumption, this is presumption, I'd like to talk about maybe, maybe I could give an answer that would help Uh, because we all have different issues in our life that would help be a grid a little bit uh, to how to process issues and know, am I responding with faith? And trust, or am I responding with presumption? So um, I'll I'll do the best I can answering the question, but in a way that would be uh, applicable to a lot of different folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, To repeat Sunday, I I just mentioned that uh, to be presumptuous means to fail, and I butchered it in one of the services that I said the exact opposite, but what I meant to say was to be presumptuous is to fail to observe the limits of what is permitted or appropriate. So uh, when I cross the boundary of what's appropriate or cross the boundary, of what's permitted, that's when I'm being uh, presumptuous. And with regard to God and his ways, I think very specifically it's seeking to control the uncontrollable, humanly speaking, seeking to control the uncontrollable and know the unknowable. Mm -hmm. I I mean, those are two large categories of presumption. Uh, when I'm acting like God, yeah. control the uncontrollable uh, and know the unknowable. Um, so I, I quoted Deuteronomy 29. So this is all kind of repetition, but uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So there, the very Bible itself says there are things that God keeps to himself. Uh, that belonged to him. And yet through the scripture uh, and through creation, he reveals through creation as well, but uh, he has revealed basically what we need to know uh, for life and godliness. so that would be one uh, example. Another exa- I mean, one passage, another example I thought about would be the example of Job where it, it's mm-hmm. just dripping with presumption because yeah. what you have is uh, you have a book that is written to critique sort of the faulty view uh, that says the universe is all cause and effect. You know, you live righteously, you're blessed. You live unrighteously, you suffer harm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reality is when the Bible talks in those ways, like in the Proverbs, it's a general way of saying, you know, things. Um, that's generally how life works, but not always. And so when life doesn't work, like we anticipate in those Mm -hmm. situations, that's where we're tempted to presumption. Hey, why I was a hard worker. Why did I lose my job? Didn't the Bible say, I got some Proverbs I memorized about diligence and the Mm -hmm. ant and and the sluggard and whatever else. So (laughs) what, God, where are you? You know, um, As if there's no mystery to God's will or purposes, but it's you put your coins in and your Pepsi comes out like a slot, like, you know, a vending machine. I put the money in. This is what I should get. And presumption shaking the machine and saying, why, you know, why didn't it why didn't it work the way I expected? So we don't know why a lot of things happen. And Job's great. He has these counselors that come in for his friends for 30 chapters, try to tell him exactly why everything happened. Well, there right. must be sin, this doesn't just happen, God's not unrighteous, he didn't do this. And then God steps in and says, okay, he says to Job, this long speech where he starts saying, okay, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations, When, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world, yeah. et cetera. What he's saying to him is, Job, you don't know all of my purposes, your friends don't know all of my purposes, and you are simplifying and putting all of what happens and why it happens uh, into some kind of little rigid box mm-hmm. that, uh, th- that you think explains all." Of life, and yeah. l- there's just a lot of mystery. Like in this case, why a righteous person suffers, yeah, uh, and you know, uh, why he suffered. You, you don't know we, what we do know is that God acts for our good in the long run, and that's where we're, we're we know in the long run, at any moment in the story, it may be difficult, but in the long run, God will uh, ultimately redeem us and is always acting uh, for our good. So, yeah. here's what I would say to the person said, Can you give some examples? Uh, here's what I would, I would say, I would say to ask yourself with, if you're wrestling with a topic something that's, that you're restless, you're agitated, you can't get over it in terms of, uh, something about God and what he did or didn't do that you would have liked him to do, have done, or think he should do. Um, I, I, I would say a couple of things. One is I would ask, do you, is this something that I have the power to change or to make better? So when I was talking about presumption, I wasn't saying don't do anything. If this is something that I can act on and change, then it's not presumptuous to do, to do that. To mm. pre- presum, you know, so first of all, I have to ask is this, can I make a difference uh, you know, in this situation? Another one would be, is this something about which I can find an answer? Is this an answerable situation? So you know, something terrible happens in your life, uh, you get a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not presumptuous uh, to research and to see a physician, get a second opinion and to come up with a plan. And these are not presumptuous. You're not presumption when you're acting, um, or can I know more about this? Is there research I can do to know about this? Uh, you know, to use a medical example, but if, if a, if a, if a child is born, um, you know, with, uh, with some kind of uh, challenge in their life that's just it's not something that came on it's just natural to them or if someone is an adult and they have a natural affliction that you know they've carried all their lives then in a situation like that i think uh there may not there may not be any answer for that yeah. we can't explain someone dies prematurely yeah the, that's a situation where i'm not going to know why the lord uh, why that was according to his plan his will um, I, I don't know that. And so if to, to live with a state of agitation, I can't know that. But I can know more about my illness that there may be a cure for. And let's yeah. do that. Let's pray and let's pursue. I, yeah. I can't know other things. So I, I think um, in those ca- situations, I've got to cast my care over on the Lord. So you get fired. Okay, there may be a knowable reason. Talk to your boss. Get an exit interview. Get an evaluation. Find out what what are the reasons. How could you improve Okay, that, that's, a, there's something knowable and learnable in that yeah, situation yeah, maybe, but right. but I've applied, you know, I've done everything I know to do, worked on my resume, applied every place, can't get a job, I'm getting help, I'm getting prayer, I'm getting counseled on how to do my resume, whatever, I'm, I'm networking, I'm doing everything I can and the door hasn't opened, then... That's one to cast your care on the Lord and keep knocking on doors, you Mm -hmm. know. So those might be some examples, I hope. Just is this something that I have the power to change? Is this something about which I maybe can find an answer? Is this controllable or knowable? And we need to be praying even if it is. But if it's not, then I think that's where it's presumption to demand of God uh, an answer or certainly to tell someone else like job's friends this is why that happened we don't yeah. know that's presumptuous to prescribe to someone this is why such and such happened when we don't yeah. we don't know those things
0: yeah that's that's helpful uh, i think those categories that you just offered really help to, I mean, cause there's, there's always still mystery, mystery, in absolutely. Life. there's mystery in all these places. I think we know, or we've probably heard stereotypical stories of, you know, someone's child dies and then someone yeah. coming alongside them says, well, it seems like maybe there's sin in your life that caused yeah, this, unbel- like that kind of stuff that's where it's grievous. Just like, oh my god, That's terrible. So that's yeah. maybe, that's, that's maybe the worst kind of example yeah, of what yeah, presumption yeah. might be. Cause presumption might take the form of like someone with good intentions. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I think that helps us think, think about yeah. a lot more. Okay. Hopefully, so, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for for answering that. Here's the second one. Here we go. Uh, when we're taking time to quiet our soul, does this practically uh, practically look like making time to sit in quiet with no distractions and allow our thoughts to wander, or should this time be used specifically for uh, reach uh, for reading the Bible
1: and prayer? I would say both. Um, I, I think that. Um, for me, I began to practice a little bit more of a discipline that I just find it beneficial to start with physical quiet and trying to quiet my mind. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, and that's not, I'm not speaking of like an Eastern uh, idea, an Eastern philosophy of meditation might be to sort of empty your mind. Um, so I'm not, I'm not seeking to get to the place where I, I just have an empty, you, uh, you know, an empty mind that that is some pl- way to reach peace or something like that. But I do think an illus, you know, a metaphor of like wiping the whiteboard clean is helpful. You know, it's like, I, I may sit down to a time with the Lord in quiet and have a ton on my mind. And I think clearing our mind, uh, can be very helpful. And here's one reason is that I think, I going to be careful how I say this, but I think our Prayer and the way we pray can contribute to the noise. Mm. If I'm coming before the Lord, I say, okay, now I'm going to have a time of prayer in the morning. Say so I decide to do that. And I just sit down and just start running, just running through the list of things that I need, the Lord needs to do do for me or uh, running through my thing. What, what's happening in that moment is I'm, I'm really controlling the situation. Yeah. I, I'm not hearing from the Lord through the scripture or I'm not pausing to wait and just acknowledging uh, him, so I, you know, I, it helps me to kind of sit still. I close my eyes. Um, so there's no visual distraction, uh, perhaps, but uh, but just to be able to say, Lord, I want to, I want to stop and pause, and before I start saying anything to you, I, I want to just acknowledge you are God and I'm not. And my very posture of silence and maybe even mental silence as well is a recognition that of my need for you mm-hmm. and that I'm coming to this time before you. I'm not coming to tell you what to do. I'm coming to, you know, uh, rest uh, in you and to hear from your word. And um, so... Uh, I think silence can strip away some of the distraction that comes. Now, I read somebody who I thought did something great. Somebody says, well, if I just sit there and I'm not reading or I'm not writing a prayer, I'm not doing something like that, I'll be barraged with all kinds of other thoughts, which is certainly true. I heard someone say that when that happens to them before the Lord, if they're reading the Bible and stray thoughts are coming, their minds wandering, if they're sitting in silence at the beginning of their time to quiet their soul before the Lord, They get a lot of other distractive thoughts. I I heard somebody say they just write those down. Just have a Mm -hmm. piece of paper um, and write those down. Worried about, uh, you know, uh, my dad's diagnosis. Uh, Mm -hmm. Worried about that meeting I've got to have at lunch. uh, I mean, the meeting I'd have at work that may be confrontational. Uh, Worried uh, about... There's a fruit fly. There's a fruit fly, and I'm swatting it. I just swatted the mic. A distraction. We were talking about distractions. Write it down. So you're going to say, Fruit fruit fly fly (laughs) flew into the mic. Write it down. But this person said they just wrote them all down. That kind of gets off your head. And then they folded the paper, put it in an envelope, and the envelope is labeled trust. Mm-hmm. And just set it on the side of them. So all that stuff, I am putting that to trust the Lord and, and separating it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I can't say what anybody else does. But I think there's a value, even if it's very brief, to sitting and taking a moment uh, in silence to clear my mind of whatever may be there. Yeah. And then to read the, the scripture and to pray um, and, uh, but, but to just, as I, to, to view all that as in engaging with God, but I've, I've done some work of sort of just like when I get home from work, sometimes before I do anything, maybe my mind's full, that's going I just need to sit down and veg for a minute before, yeah. sometimes before I engage and talk with Ginger, Hey, there's a lot going on. Give me just a minute to collect my thoughts and uh you know put my feet up for a second and then let's talk about our days or you know we all know those kind of things and i think sometimes that's really helpful with the lord even lord i'm just going to pause before you and sometimes just wait and think about who he is and what he's done for us and i mean i could say more about silence and and maybe i will later but i think here's a verse psalm 62:1. for god alone my soul waits in silence from him comes my salvation. So there's something powerful about just waiting and acknowledging our need with trust and confidence yeah. that you're gonna meet me as we engage through the scripture today. And uh, I'm coming and uh, I'm gonna make this very clear. This isn't about me merely unburdening myself, merely communicating my requests. This is about me engaging you and I'm coming with the posture of quiet before you. Yeah. I th- so I think that's powerful.
0: That's good. That's, that's helpful too. Um, I like that idea of, of writing it down and, and just sticking it in an envelope, yeah. set it aside yeah, yeah, and it's, it's out there, it's known, it's there. We could get back to it. Yeah, exactly. But not I right think that's now. That's good. Yeah. It yeah, could really be, it could be
1: my to-do list. Sometimes I write down my to-do list. Something yeah. comes, Oh, I got to stop by. It's okay. Mark that down, but then don't spend five minutes thinking about it. And then I, you know, just write it down and you're done with it. Yeah, for sure. Keep going. That's yep.
0: That's good. Man, that fly loves you.
1: Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> aren't fruit flies attracted to sweet s- sweetness?
0: Uh, yes, they are. Because
1: fruit flies are attacking me currently. Yeah, I see right. none on your side of the table. There's none. I'm bitter. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the cologne I'm wearing. It, it could be. Oh yeah. It, yeah. I mean, you're too far to appreciate it across the table. But it's it's it does have. I think it has a little bit of a. It doesn't smell like a watermelon or pear, yeah. but it, I think it's a little bit of a, what do they call that? Like a, the, the bouquet is a bit mm, fruitful. Fruity.
0: <laughs> fruitful, <laughs> fruitful bouquet. I, I think that's, that's the word. That's nice. Yeah.
1: You should totally get
0: watermelon cologne just, just to mess with everyone. Yeah. You just.
1: W- when you edit this, you can't edit it out, but I just blew into the mic to blow the fly Did it work? Yeah, I think. Oh, he's over here. Oh, you're sweetening up.
0: I know. Here we go. All right. So question three. Well, this was more of actually a statement, an observation. So I'll give you guys the gist of it. Uh, Here's basically what they said. Love this sermon and the whole series. Um, And then they said, the sermon got me thinking about the significance of the child being weaned. A wean child gets a strange comfort from being near his mother for reasons he doesn't really understand, and that seems to connect well with the rest of the psalm, where David is saying there are many things he can't comprehend or explain, but he nonetheless has a calm and quiet soul. What do you think? Well, uh, <laughs> oh, you just it. wanted this. You got
1: the fly. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a moment of victory. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, now it's on my hand.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm well. um, so. I don't. We don't have. Where. Where is like our crew with we napkins have, and such? We should have tissues for all the we tearful should. moments we, we have. We should have it, yeah. <laughs> um okay. Uh, first of all, I mean I I agree with I agree with the thought. I would say one I would say one thing first of all is that um I don't think we want to overly analyze uh like a word picture, which I no one pointed this out, but I erroneously referred to as a metaphor on Sunday morning, but it is like a wean child have I, uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, like a wean child with its mother, like a wean child is my soul within me. So it's the soul is being compared to a, a wean child. It's a comparison using like or as. Making it a simile, Mm -hmm. so school's starting back, and I feel like for the students in the room, I got them off on a very bad track for their grammar (laughs) classes or English classes. Called it a metaphor. Yeah, it really was a simile. It was really a simile. So no one pointed that out to me. Thank you. There was someone. I guarantee you, there was someone in the room that thought so. He just Uh, said, "Didn't he see like is there?" It's a simile. So I think we don't want to overly interpret a simile or a metaphor, or for that matter, I don't think we want to overly interpret even something like a parable. Parables Mm -hmm. are written generally with a, a central idea in mind, yeah. so you don't break down. They're not allegories. You don't break down every, every part of it. So that's a little bit of an interpretive, uh, interpretive key that I think is important. Um, and so on this one, I think he's given us a picture. I wouldn't want to overly analyze it. But uh, having said that, the point that the person makes in the question, I do think is accurate where they say, you know, isn't it possible that uh, that you, sometimes we don't understand everything but are still comforted? Um, I think that's the point of the Uh, Very much a point of the that that verse and I thought about a New Testament parallel which makes the point the person's asking and it's this Philippians 4 6 and 7 says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and this is the this is the point. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. So it's saying that there is a peace as we pray to the Lord and and, um, as we make requests and as we give him thanks, um as we and don't be anxious it says don't be anxious but rather engage the lord with casting your cares on him thanking him as we have the lord in view mm-hmm. then ultimately it says that there is a peace that that surpasses natural understanding and i think it could be the understanding of you don't get this but there's a peace that comes or the understanding of this is uh, this is impossible to explain that I have peace in this context, given all that's going on. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think it's a very powerful picture. So I guess I, I appreciate the insight. I'm, I'm certainly not correcting the questioner. I, I was just saying I'm, I just wouldn't want to overly evaluate one picture. But I do think there's something. Uh, I like the way he or she has thought about this. Yeah. And I think the point that he's may or she is making is... Um, is a good one. And I think Philippians four, six makes the four, seven makes the same point. Yeah. And I pray that frequently for Jared, Jared, if people for Jared, well, I, I, I probably have, <laughs> Thanks, but, Craig. but when somebody asks for prayer, I frequent, and they're troubled. Usually when someone asks for prayer, oftentimes they are anxious or troubled or mm-hmm. uh, burdened. Um, mm-hmm. I pray that for that verse regularly, you know, may God grant you peace, the peace that passes understanding that yeah. goes beyond what you understand, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's something that is in the depth of your soul, this existential experience, a profound experience of a settledness of soul, a tranquility of soul, even in chaotic circumstances. I, I love that verse and think that's a, for me, that's a real go-to prayer ver- go-to verse in my own life, but a go-to prayer verse as I intercede for others, and yeah. so.
0: Well, it definitely goes hand in hand with the idea of not being presumptuous about things that yeah. are just completely out of our control. Yeah. And even, uh, it might not just be out of our control, it might be something that we completely don't understand. Yeah. But I, I love the idea that we can still have peace in that. Without understanding, yeah. beyond understanding. Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's
1: good. Yeah, if I have to understand everything to have peace, I'm in a world of trouble. And apart from the Lord, apart from a confidence that there is a God uh, who is sovereign and providentially leading our lives, apart Mm -hmm. from that, it would be very hard for me to grasp peace. I think I would have to get everything uh, going my way Mm -hmm. peacefully as much as possible. I mean, if, if my peace was tied to my circumstances or somehow changing my personality or the way I view things or... That would be uh, that would be an overwhelming burden. Yeah. and uh, I think that's one part of the Christian faith is that there is this great promise that God does bear our burdens, and there are times we don't feel that. There are times we feel alone. there are mm-hmm. times we feel very anxious and fearful. The Psalms communicate that, but we but you can openly communicate that to God and mm-hmm. draw in help from others. and yeah. there is a hope for a peace that goes beyond. Uh, what we would naturally understand, that's the spirit b- births that in us supernaturally. Yeah. So
0: That's good. That's that's really good. All right, well, here's our last question. It's this person said, Your message about the interruptions in life due to technology really hit home. I recently realized how much time I spent on my cell phone when I was pulled over by the police for it and issued a citation. Hello. Oh, person. Oh, my. Uh, my question is, would fasting from my cell phone and tablet say every Sunday to be viewed as the same at, uh, sorry, uh, would, sorry, I'm like, my brain just, that's okay. (laughs) My question is, would fasting from my cell phone and tablet say every Sunday be viewed as the same as fasting from food for 24 hours? And what tips uh, could you share from your time by yourself that would help with the fasting from all of the interruptions that our electronics bring?
1: Well, first of all, could we just commend this person for kind of sharing something personal? We that don't we don't know who they are, but <clears throat> but anyway, they they communicated their brush with the law. Yeah, and uh, I'm assuming they were driving and looking at their cell phone the, or texting.
0: The, so, I, I think you could, but we don't want to be presumptuous. Well, they, did, about they things said pulled over
1: off. for cell phone usage, so we assume they were using it That's while true. driving. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, my first recommendation is I would, I think you should fast from your cell phone while driving at all times. That's good. That would be a starting place. (laughs) And I've, I've tried, it's good to fast period while driving because I've, I've done the whole deal with burger in one hand, fries or drink in the other and steering with my knees. Yeah. Have you done that?
0: Oh, I've driven with my knees all the time.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So...
0: It's just, it's so bad. It's,
1: it's, it's probably a good idea to fast from food and while yeah. driving as well.
0: Do you ever just stop and think, with my current driving habits, could I pass a driver's ed test?
1: I know I couldn't pass, well, I couldn't be, for sure. I couldn't pass the written test for sure. I yeah, mean, they yeah, yeah. all those obscure laws. Oh, sure. Ten, a red flag has to be off the back of a trailer right. 10 feet. Wait, wait, who knows that? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 if I had to do that drive with the officer, in the front seat, right, oh, right up here, is that not one of the most horrifying it's moments of so your life? Stressful. I mean, everything's on the line. Am <laughs> I going to get my license yeah. or not? Yeah, because then people are going to go, "How did your test go?" I mean, oh, and that man. is well—that's well, why you don't tell people you're taking the test until afterwards. See, you're smarter than I.
0: No, I wasn't. I, did
1: you have to <laughs> parallel park?
0: Yeah, I did. Well, we did the maneuverability. So they have like the cone set up and you have to go that way. You have to back up. And but act. you had
1: to get between the two cones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. See, I didn't have to. For some reason, they didn't make me parallel park. I bet you don't even great. know how to do it to this I'm day. I'm good. No, you could ask my wife. <laughs> I'm a good parallel parker. I, there's a lot of things I don't do well. I can't I, I can't talk and drive. I get distracted and I'm not, I'm not good, but I can parallel park lights out. Oh, wow.
0: Good for you. I'm man. pretty good.
1: And in England, you didn't ask this, but I parallel parked going like the opposite. Like you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. the, the steering wheel is on the yeah, a different side. Right. You're driving on a different lane. Right. And I parallel parked in England w- only once, but yeah. uh, So I'm I'm like uh, bi- bilingual in inter- parallel parking. I've done yeah. it in more than one culture. <laughs> By lane, I've done more than one lane. Oh man, that's yeah. good. You're you're an ambi- what is it ambidextrous ambi- driver? Yes, I am. Wow. I think it's obvious I haven't been on the podcast in a while and I'm just like jittery talking too much, get going astray, chasing rabbits. I think it's just you have so many exciting things to share. I, I never thought I would share parallel parking in England. I'd never tell anybody that.
0: Well, you and just I've told did. You,
1: I've told you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> well, so anyway, but isn't it great that this person told us what happened yeah. to them? So uh, thank you for sharing that. And um, I, I, okay, so fasting from your cell phone is the same as fasting from food. I, you know, I don't know. I think specifically, I, I see a difference. I think specifically fasting in the Bible is to remind us of our dependence upon God. Mm. So we're giving up food because we really are dependent upon food to live. We only, we only feel like we're dependent on our cell phones to live, (laughs) but that's not true because I, as an old guy, I can tell you what life was like before we, we had them. Um, so, um, it, oh, I got to stir about that too, but we'll we'll get back to the question. So, mm-hmm. the the purpose of, of fasting, I think, is to go without something you're dependent on, to recognize your need for the Lord, mm-hmm. and even intentionally embracing weakness as you don't eat. Yeah, uh, and you're with hunger. You're you're trying to look to the Lord with that, and then I think you're also trying to use sometimes the time you may have been eating to. To use that in prayer or something like that, so I think yeah. that's where the principle over over goes over. So I don't know that it's exactly the same as fasting uh, from food, but I, I do think I love the idea that the person's asking. What about the idea of? Um, not using my cell phone, you know, except for I think they mean except for a phone call or something obviously yeah, yeah. on a Sunday, not doing all the other online stuff. Right. Uh, I think something like that could be really wise. I can't tell you if that's good for your situation. I don't know. But I like the idea of saying in my life. I'm going to punctuate my life with uh, periods uh, that are going to be technology free so that yeah. I can be present. That's yeah. the goal. So that I can be present for whatever's happening. So I could see someone saying, um, hey, we don't have phones uh, at the table for dinner. Everybody everybody, put your phone on the counter. We don't do phones right. at dinner. because." Not to plead, not because this somehow we get a brownie point with Jesus for doing that, but because we want to be present with one another, and so to be present, I'm not going to do my phone at our meal, yeah. or so I could see, or the idea of when I get home, I put my cell phone away if if it's a temptation for work text, work emails that can all wait till tomorrow or, or something like that. Yeah, um, you know, w- w- so I I could see saying you know. Um, in evenings or at a meal, or I, I shared a book I read where a guy said, uh, I didn't read the whole book, but I read part of it where he said, um, you know, one of his practices was Bible before phone. I'm not going to wake up and start checking the news and email and to do list and calendar and social media. I'm going to interact with the Lord. I'm going to be in a lot better place when I look at all, especially if you have a lot of stuff on your phone that comes out, wow, I got a lot to do today or something like that. Or if you come up with, Oh, They said that and they did that. And I mean, looking at the headlines every day, uh, another podcast, but (laughs) sometimes it can be really like, what happened? I mean, it's like, they said what? Yeah. Uh, So anyway and then I can get off and really quickly, I haven't even gotten out of bed and the self-righteous uh, engine is roaring based <laughs> on news or social media, right. those two. Yes. So I don't need that. Uh, yeah. So those be, it could be something like that. Here's another thing, he said, what did you learn that could help with interruptions? Well, I would say if you're, you, the goal is to be in control of our technology. And um, so, you uh so the goal is that the technology doesn't control me but by the holy spirit's power I have self-control and I'm controlling it. That's the goal. So here's something I did. And I always, always, Jared, I'm so careful about these because these can become laws. Mm -hmm. Well, my pastor did this. Okay, this is not a law for anybody. It's not a law for me. It's not a law for the church. But here's what I did, Jared, on my time away, and I haven't changed it. When I took my break, I was like, social media, I referred to that Sunday. It's a distraction to me. So what I did was I took social media off my phone so that if I wanted to go to it, I've got to go to my, I got to go to my computer. Or I've got a g i have got ai have a tablet. So I gotta to go to my tablet, but I'm not carrying around my tablet. I'm not carrying around my computer. I'm carrying around my phone. So if I've got downtime waiting for something, uh I could read something on my phone, my Kindle, I could do that. I could send an email, I could do that. I could look at something online, but I'm not going to do social media. I just, cause yeah. that's too much of a default for me. Yeah. And then I get drawn into it and burn a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I just took them off my phone. That's pretty simple. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't put them, I've been off sabbatical now for a week. I haven't put them back on and I'm not I'm okay with that right now. But if I wanted to look at something, I have access, I didn't shut down my accounts. Yeah. I have a computer, I could go, I could go look at it. Uh, or I could sit in the living room and say, hey, Ginger, what, could you look this up on social media? <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah. th- that, that's kind of what I'm doing. So I think you have to ask, what's an interruption to you? So do you need notifications? So what's a hindrance to you for your devotions? I think the mm-hmm. person's asking. Do you need all those notifications? Yeah. You, you know, do yeah. I need my text chiming? Should I just put it on silent? Do I need to know on my screen every time? Oh, you, something's happening on WhatsApp. You know, you got, okay, probably mm-hmm. that's not an emergency. Uh, or maybe you use something else. So it, what is it? So I, I, that's what I would say. Yeah. So that you're controlling. I go look at email on my phone when I want. I'm not getting notifications. Not when the, I'm not going to get the, the the blink. And and allow the technology to serve you and just realize um so that, uh, you know, you want to, the idea here is you want to avoid something so that you can have something better. So make sure you're doing that, you know, to say, okay, we're going to put down the phones right now at dinner, but we're going to sit on the sofa and watch TV program as a family or with my, as a couple or whatever. Well, that's fine. Nothing wrong with, Watching TV and eating, that's not a sin. But the question is if you gave up your phone, what's the something better? It should be relationship uh, oh. with the Lord, with others, yeah. something that's helpful for you that you want to do. So that's the kind of thing I would say start, start. I'm, I'm starting my day without uh, trying to do engage the Lord before technology and uh, trying to remove distraction. Um, uh, it, trying to set time where I have focus and relational priorities and remove those distractions. So that's something I learned. I read a great book and I, ah, I can't remember the name. I read it before my sabbatical actually. Um, it's the guy who wrote, do you know the book deep work Cal? Mm, He wrote, he wrote a book on digital. It's called like, maybe it's called digital detox.
0: Oh, that sounds really familiar.
1: Uh, I hate to waste time here. So but, you, you just talk. I'm going to Okay, confirm. so look it up. That, this book, he, he's not a Christian. It's not a Christian book, and he's more radical than I. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not recommending because he's very, he's not a Luddite, but he's pretty radical on yeah. uh, on how he uses technology. But um, I really learned from him some practices, like the simple one I just mentioned, take your social media, take certain things off your phone, d- disengage, you know, d- dis disengage uh, notifications. Cal or, Newport? Cal
0: Newport. Digital Minimalism, Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World. That, that book.
1: It? I recommend that book. Cal Newport, Digital Minimalism. Cool. And he, that's his philosophy. I think he's a professor at like Georgetown or something, but his, uh, his philosophy is I'm a digital minimalist, so I'm not... I, I'm not. Um, it's not that I don't use any digital technology, but mm-hmm. I, I'm in control of it. And like I yeah. said, if you read this and go, I just want to be very clear: this is not my position. <laughs> it's yeah. not our church's practice, <laughs> uh, or anything like that. But it's a tool yeah. that uh, that have you. Re- you haven't read that book, huh? No, I haven't. Well, it, I thought it was really, really good, and I, I may have listened to the audiobook, so it's a it's a listenable. Okay. Uh, it's listenable. Uh, yeah. Some some books aren't good to listen to. Some are really good. And that one was, it's more of a social social science, it's social science psychology. Mm-hmm. One of the most interesting things it's worth early on, he builds an, uh, he, he's not a conspiracy guy, but he builds a credible case that, uh, social media folk knew exactly what they were doing to, oh, yeah. to addict you that you, you get a, you get a, your serot you get a drop of serotonin yep. every time you see a like. So the like button in itself was created to, uh, to create dependence and, and addiction. Oh, for because, sure. Yeah. And so he talks about that. Is yeah. I would,
0: I would be, fascinated by that I'm sure
1: yeah read yeah, it well, I will you know what maybe sometime we've all gone over but maybe sometime we should do maybe we should do some book reviews or something oh my goodness that would be great I'd love that I'm, I'm, that would I'm, be fun I'm, re- I'm refreshed oh man Got ideas. That's you did a movie review I think you've done that before you've told us about movies you saw
0: uh, probably. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, think, I think you did. But maybe we do a book review. Okay. Share some recipes. Oh.
0: <laughs> some do-it-yourself well, projects. That's right. Of course. <laughs> of course. We could totally do that. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Well, thank you for taking the time to answer these Sorry, questions. Sorry, it was long. No, no, no. You're totally fine. Plus, you've got a lot to talk about, like like you were saying. i have been cooped up, man. You, yeah, you I've been silent for too long. <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> he's back, and he's talking uh, like a man who drank so too much coffee. So, yeah, many he used words. so many words. Yeah, he so many words. <laughs> People are like, "Oh man, that's good." All right.
0: Well, uh, before we go, would you be what? He used so many words, it's so long. Hey,
1: but they can turn it off whenever they want. That's right. And if you made it this long, we love you. That's right.
0: No one is forcing you to listen, but we invite you to listen longer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we
1: finish up, would
0: you do us a a favor and kind of talk about where we're headed next at church on Sunday morning?
1: Yeah. And I didn't mention the Sunday, but we're going to go into a study six-ish weeks. It'll be, uh, I I have six mapped out, but you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Six-ish weeks on uh, Jonah. The book, of Jonah and the the book of Jonah. Here, the biggest thing I'm already appreciating about it is that it's it's. I think it's a book about God's compassion uh, for people that are far from Him. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the Ninevites, uh, the nation mm-hmm. of Assyria, which was really really wicked people, mm. and uh, in their actions, and uh, so God wants to show mercy to them, and he, and He wants to use Jonah. So the whole book is about. Oh, I'm struggling. There's grace for them. There's mercy for them. What about, I thought mercy was for us, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's mercy for them too. So it's a book about that I think challenges us to, um, to have God's heart for people um, that we might view as too far from him, far from him, too far from him, unsavable, really hard hearted, and that, that those are the people God wants us to love, befriend and die to our self-righteousness and uh, reach. So I think that's what the book's about. And the big surprise for the book for me, because I've never really studied it before this series. I mean, I've read it, obviously, but I have never studied it. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that it's always thought of as a children's story. And it's a flannel graph graph favorite. Yes. Uh, But it is literary, in terms of its literary structure, it's one of the most... uh, Amazing, insightful and com- complex actually books in the whole old Testament. So it, it's a pattern of two things that t- there's like two storylines that mirror one another in the book. Yeah. So it's, it, there's a cool, it's a cool, um, book from it's the way, and I'll talk about that Sunday, the way it's l- laid out literary, uh, liter, I wouldn't say literarily, that's not a word. It's literary structures. Fascinating. How about that? <laughs>
0: there so you go, we'll just
1: do the introduction of the first few verses and introduce it on Sunday. Uh, and we'll talk about mercy for them.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I always get excited anytime we go into something, uh, I mean, something like Jonah, where I'm assuming we all think we really know the yeah, story. Yeah, but there's probably more to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's probably way more to it. And chances are, maybe our storybook version of it isn't right. actually what's going on. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, Certainly parts of it are there, yeah, but, absolutely. but, you know,
1: the big idea. Wow, I'm going to run from God's presence. Uh, you can't run from God's presence. Yeah, He'll yeah, send yeah. a fish. To <laughs> that idea—that's Sunday school. That's that's there. There's yeah. plenty, but there's probably more there than we yeah. we knew. And uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a great book. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah. we'll kick off a year. We're going to talk a lot this year about public faith, mission, heart for those that are that uh, don't know the Lord, and so that we thought we'd start with the series because that's uh, and sort of. Lord poke at me in my heart where I have yeah. hardness towards anyone or any group of people yeah. soften my heart, uh, which is not where Jonah was. So that's great.
0: Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it and thank you for your time and a reminder to you guys. Again, if you have a sermon related question, feel free to text it in to six nine-five five, seven, three, two, nine, two, zero. We'll answer those here. Hope you guys have a great week. Thanks again, Craig. Hope you have a good week and, uh, Oh, really quick. Uh, you guys might notice that there might randomly not be a podcast because... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we we are... Uh, the due date is Saturday, so... You are um, great with child, or your wife is. My wife is. I am not. <laughs> no, no. That, that's
1: right. <laughs> yeah, so okay. that's just to say let's all be flexible, we, you know? Yeah, we, we are going to be flexible, <laughs> and we are praying for Sarah. I, I yeah. am been praying for you guys and praying for well, her that things you. go well. That's going to be a really really exciting uh, thing so if yeah. if we miss one if if there's no baby i guess we're doing it next week yeah if no we'll, baby, keep, we'll keep going we'll keep going till there's a baby yeah and then there are, we we need to talk about the terms of your like paternity leave <laughs> like when my, you, we my, need my a,
0: podcast paternity yeah leave. because we have a job you get a paternity leave <laughs> yeah, right that's and right. so what
1: we need to talk about because that's do. not part of our policy that's
0: right yeah so
1: so we'll i don't to, want we'll uh, to talk uh, about I, that i don't want to have to dock your pay i hope not because you're paid zero i can't take away
0: <laughs> oh, my you goodness. the
1: pay of a volunteer? No, you'd
0: actually start paying me as we punishment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll hope that go- we can't wait to hear the news yeah. and, meet, uh, and meet the baby.
0: Heck, yeah. It's going to be a good time. Okay. So we'll see you guys next week, hopefully. Bye-bye. <laughs>